0: <clears throat> Ladies and
1: gentlemen, welcome back to the Green Suitors Podcast. This is episode 51, a community episode. In each episode, each community episode we take questions, comments, concerns, ideas, thoughts, and opinions submitted by the community through our website <clears throat> at GreenSuiters Each of us pick uh, a few that we want to cover, and we just dive straight into them. We're not going to talk about what we've been up to. We just go straight into the questions. And before we do that, Jason's going to talk about our giveaway for the month of August. This is the last opportunity for the August giveaway. This podcast is. Jason.
2: Yes, so we have two giveaways going on this month. The first one is from Leather by Dragonfly, your opportunity to win a apprentice apron in the sizes of small through 2XL. Um, apprentice apron is a very basic apron. Uh, pencil pocket, regular pocket, tape measure clip. You have a little bit of flexibility. On what direction those go. But if you guys want to find out more, go to leatherbydragonfly.com. But enter for your chance to win an apprentice apron from Leather by Dragonfly. And the other giveaway we got going on this month is the Carbon Methods uh, Carbon Coat Kit, uh, which is a cast iron maintenance uh, rust preventative um, product that you can put on your cast iron surfaces. Um, If you want to find out more about that, you can go to CarbonMethod.com or you can watch the latest YouTube video that I did uh, where I did a full application of that along with how I go about cleaning my cast iron surfaces. Um super thankful to both unless
1: th- what unless you're listening to this episode in the year twenty thirty, that last comment is not really relevant because I'll st- Jason's most recent video at the time you're listening to this, it could be about cats.
2: Matter of fact, we have yeah, that's a good point. Cause my most recent video by the time people listen to this will not be that, but yeah. um, look for the one where I'm cleaning. He has a video eliminating it. cast iron rust. Everybody. Um, it's I, I just put it on all three tools in my shop. Um, super, super hopeful about this product on uh, what it does and what it advertises that it does, but they were gracious enough to give away one of their kits. Uh, So if you want an opportunity to enter, you need to go to greensuiterspodcast.com, go to the giveaway tab, and enter for your chance to win there. Uh, With the Leather by Dragonfly, you are uh, not limited if you're in the United States, all 50 states, Um, and I believe the carbon method is the lower 48. Uh, That could change, but regardless, enter the giveaway for your chance to win either one of those prizes, and then be on the lookout next month, the month of September, if you listen to our previous episode you'll know that uh leather by dragonfly is actually going to be doing a custom apron uh, you can't enter for it just yet but as of september 1st you'll be able to go to the website and start entering for that so um, they're giving away a custom apron uh, in honor of our 50th episode which was the last episode so uh, a lot of good giveaways going on right now super excited about it. if you guys want your chance to win definitely head over to green dot thank you ben back to you Wait, it's me, because I'm answering the first question, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. Back to you, Jason. All right. So we don't do what's on what's on our bench or whatever other weird stuff that other what podcasts say, what we've been up to. Yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and start getting into some questions. And the first one that I'm going to go with tonight is from Nick Hall. And it says... Um, This question is specifically for Jason. I also have the Harvey G700 dust collector, and I'm intrigued with the self-cleaning system that you built for the filters. I want to make one as well, but I'm concerned with effectiveness. Since the filters are full of fine particles that were too small to make it to the first or second bin, wouldn't they just end up right back in the filters? And if you use the dust collector to clean them, I uh, hope this question makes sense. Would a festival dust extractor be a better option since th- there is a HEPA filter on it? Not trying to be a Hans. <laughs> I'm seriously curious. Uh, thanks for this. Hey, the sh- I take
1: great offense to of yeah. that comment, sir. I, I don't agree with this at all.
2: Thanks for the show and all the content that you, the three of you guys produce. All right, so here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, no, you should do it. Uh, And here's why. There's a few reasons why you need to create that filter clean out. Because one, it makes makes the cleaning of the filters much easier. Therefore, you will do it more often, right? So if there's no other reason for you to do it, that is the reason that you should do it. Um, In terms of it, if it's too small to go to the first or second bin, wouldn't it just go back to it again? What you have to understand is that the dust collector is not perfect. It's not going to collect every (coughs) single thing. So no, it's not just going to go back through. And when you do it, I would challenge you to do one thing. Empty out your filters, compl- or excuse me, empty out your two bags completely. Completely empty them out, put the new bags in there, then clean your filters and open it back up once you're done cleaning your filters and you'll see that a lot of that dust is now in those bags. Um, so don't think of it like that. It's not a matter of, a lot of that dust could have gone because you let it get too high and it's gone over those things into the filter by you having that filter clean out and doing it more often your filters will remain cleaner way more often than they would if you didn't have that on there because it is no longer an inconvenience it is actually very easy to do anytime i start a new (coughs) project I always clean out my filters. Anytime I come into my shop and I know that I'm gonna be milling a lot of lumber, I clean out my filters before and I will clean them out after. Anytime I change my bags out, I will always clean my filters because it is so easy to do. It takes no time now that I made that filter clean out. So um, no, a. Uh, a HEPA filter festival dust extractor absolutely no 100% would not be any better. It would actually not be very effective because you're you're talking about four inch ports to a festival dust extractor uh, with, you know, whatever 36 millimeter hose, a 50 millimeter hose, whatever it is, you're basically pulling that stuff out and then sucking it up. And then you're just filling up another bag that costs you know one could argue a lot more than the plastic bags that go inside of that harvey so um no make the filter clean out and use it and i'm telling you you'll be very glad that you did since i've made that not one time have i had my filters clog not one time have i had my filters back up and all it will take is one time of those filters clogging and not having that filter clean out and you'll be like Why did I wait so long? You do not want those filters to clog on the Harvey because it is a huge pain in the ass to clean those out. So that is my answer. Great question.
1: Are you currently being affected by high gas prices? Are you often in long line while waiting for your prescription drugs? Are you a struggling musician who hasn't caught a break? Um, Hans, what are you talking about? I'm reading the ad for Bits Bits. What does any of that have to do with a router bit and tool distributor? The Bits Bits they can fix all of these things. <laughs> you didn't know. Um, no. Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suitors podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for Hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astro Coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more.
2: But I'm the only one that can answer that, so I'm going to go ahead and okay. bump it over to Sedge.
0: Um, wow, that was from Nicholas Hall. Um, my first questions uh from nicholas hall wow
2: also okay. from nicholas uh,
0: it says sedge ben jason Ooh, and hans what's up in the world of social media constantly asking for something new clients demanding their peace sooner and the day to day of life just getting in the way sometimes it's hard to take a minute and slow down ooh, don't i agree so my question is this: What is your magnum opus in woodworking? What is the one thing you would love to build, regardless of time it would take, or content you could film around it? Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I get a great answer. When I'm in, when I'm older and retired, or just have too much more on my time, ta- too much more time on my hands, I'd love to build my own kitchen with floor-to-ceiling cabinets. Okay, that's cool. Okay, uh, I have been trying for years to whittle out the time. Um, I think it's a rite of passage for a woodworker to build a chair, but i've been I've been building stools uh, through tenon stools. I did a really nice uh, uh, bench slash coffee table for Festool. I did that of uh, um, some through tenon joinery. Um, I want to build a Welsh stick chair. Uh, I've always wanted to build a Windsor chair, but I've been uh, following Lost Art Crafts uh, for quite some time. And I'm just... But the thing is, is I've been watching it online. Uh, Christopher Schwarz and the gang at Lost Art Press, they're really into uh, chair building. Chris is a phenomenal chair builder. And I want to do that. And I know I have to whittle out the time. It's like, I'll go back to... My past weekend uh, down in uh, south of Indianapolis at Mark Adams, Mark has always asked me, when are you going to take a class here? When are you going to take a class here? You teach here. You should take a class. And I said, I want to take you a joinery class. He goes, okay, next year I'm teaching it five times. You have to take it. It's just really tough to whittle out time because I was telling him, I go, I'll schedule a vacation. Next thing I know, someone asks me to do something, and there goes my vacation time, which I don't mind. But, you know, you have to take that time <clears throat> to do something for yourself. So mine's, mine's building a stick chair, and I'm, yep. I'm going to do it. It's just finding the time. So, Nick, I hope that answered your question. Um, you guys, you got uh, something that you want to build that you just ben? keep putting off? Um, I, I keep thinking about wanting
1: to make um like a I don't, I don't, it's not a helmet rack. It's like a mm-hmm. it's kinda <laughs> like cubby holes, but for helmets. Like I I've wanted to make an entire bourgeois, I guess, for all of my motorcycle gear. Um every time I like fumble around stacking my helmets in my basement it I think, man, I just need to build this thing, but it's just um materials man they're so expensive right now so so expensive that's actually a
2: question that i'm going to cover
1: you know like i i was really looking forward to to building out my my basement this fall but um I, I think i have to wait just because of how i mean i i priced it last year and the price now it's it's almost doubled and so i, I don't i think i just need to wait for for, material prices to come down. Yeah. So. I, I I I would love to have the time to completely, build out my entire basement, like, run the wiring, run the pipes, um, do everything. But I I don't think that, I don't think that I can. I think I have to will have to hire some people to do some things. Mm. But I, I would love to just do everything myself, if I had the time to do it, and the and the, mm. budget to do it as well.
2: Uh, For me, I'd like to design and build a chair like Sedge. Um, Part of me wants to do a Malouf style chair, uh, but another part of me wants to like come up with my own design and create a chair. Um, One of those ideas that I have is a Mm -hmm. campaign chair like Patrick made, um, which he actually sent me all the documentation for that. So I think I might actually make a, a pair of campaign chairs for our living room. but. Um, a little mix of leather and wood. The other project that I'd really like to do if time was not an issue would be oh. a canoe. I really would love, to, I would lo- absolutely love to build a canoe. I'd probably never use it. Um, I'd probably just hang it from my ceiling like uh, Jason mm. Hibbs hangs his boat from his ceiling. Um, but there's something about that process that really mm. intrigues me and there's a lot of cool things that every, I've never done and I would love to try. So Every, uh, a canoe every little john boat another.
0: that I fished with my grandfather up in northern Maine my grandfather built he had one in all the all the different ponds really and we'd go out and we him and i would be fishing and i go papa you build this one he goes i did it's a rite of passage for a woodworker to build a boat and yeah. he was a master uh, craftsman my grandfather papa bossy it's it's something you know you said that and i go man, some man there's something about building a boat a chair a boat there's some people who build guitars, you know, an instrument, you know.
2: Right. Yeah. That's an actually, believe it or not, I don't play instruments mm-hmm. at all, but I would absolutely love to build a guitar. Um, but, yeah, a canoe, I would just like to have one and, and have it in here. You know, yeah. Show I, I built that. You know what I mean? I don't even care if it ever touches water. I just want to build it to go through uh-huh. the process and, and learn a lot. So,
1: you know, another rite of passage uh, for Jason was just building heaps, oh heaps of trash. Yep, and he does that. I do that a Time he
2: makes something. a lot of rites passage. All right, Ben, it's your turn. A hole. <laughs> All right, this
1: one's from Broken Lead Woodworks, um, and he asks, "Does your spouse or significant other uh, being in what you do matter?" Um, for me, no. Like Jen, uh, that's one of the things that I compliment her on. Uh, quite often is how, um, how interested she makes me feel, um, and I, and I always tell her it's not that you're into what uh. I'm into; it's that you're into that I'm yep. into something. That's what's re- that's what's really cool about what she does. You know, she, she like she'll she'll come downstairs whenever I am woodworking. She'll come downstairs and she'll watch me make whatever, or if I'm just making anything on the 3D printer, on the shaper, whatever. If I'm making something, she's down there watching me, and um, and she's totally content with just sitting there and just watching me do stuff. So. She's like, you know, I'm amazed at watching you do make this thing out of your, you know, with just your hands. And you're not using like plans or you're just doing it as you go along.
2: Ooh, naked um, of all things,
1: naked, but naked, mm. but with a leather apron, apron. because it's all about safety. Um, and so you know, and she's not she she asks me questions even with motorcycle stuff she'll ask me questions about it, but she's not interested in, in motorcycle. She's not interested in woodworking. She's interested in me. And so she's asking these questions that, you know, that I get to answer and and say, Oh, well, this is why I like this. And this is why I like this. And so again, she doesn't have to be whatever I'm into. She just needs to be into me. And and like I said, she does a really great job at that. Um, I'm I'm incredibly thankful for her, uh, for the type of person that is that, that she does that. So I, it doesn't matter what I'm doing I always feel very supported by her which is really important so
2: Yeah. You want me to go?
1: Uh yeah. My
2: answer is no. Um it's it's a it's not it's not something I really uh think about or consider could it make things better if that was the case? Yes. Where I think it does come into play if it's like a hobby my answer is no. If this is something that I want to do as a business and only do that and that is what we live off of, of course it's important for your spouse or significant other uh, to be supportive of it because they need to understand that what you're doing is important because it's putting food on the table. But you know what What will increase their confidence on that is if you're generating revenue and you're putting food on the mm-hmm. table. Um, but if Nicole was to come out here and tell me today, I don't... I have zero desire in anything that you do and I I don't know why you're doing it. It doesn't make sense. That wouldn't change what I'm doing. I'm doing this because it makes me happy and I'm doing it because I know that I can provide a living for my family. Um, In a perfect world, would I love Nicole to be involved with what I'm doing? Absolutely. I mean, that was a huge part of my business plan was that Nicole would not have a regular job and she would be working under the Bence woodworking realm and doing things to take the you know the, the the stress off my plate um but i'm a realist and i know that that probably is not going to happen because she's not into it the way that i am um so for me i don't think that that's necessary um but the reason why i don't think it's necessary is because my wife has already seen that it is a viable option um and to be completely honest with you, a much viable op- more viable option than what my career has been for the past <clears> 20 <throat> years, you know? Um, so I, I personally don't mm-hmm. think it's as important, but I do think there are definitely benefits to it. Sedge?
0: This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, it's important to me um, because she's always believed in me. Um, when I first started, she said... She's, she was into it. She saw what I was doing. But I did it for a living. And I did put uh, food on a table with it. Uh, she, But she, she's also very... Uh, she's a craftsperson too with quilting. So she sees that creative side and she believes in me. I believe in her with her quilting. Uh, my whole life is woodworking. And because of her belief in me, uh, I was able to... Walk away from our woodworking business, cabinetry business, and work for Festool. Um, it was a leap uh, of faith. I knew it was a good company to work for, but Ma- Marianne's always believed in my woodworking and my skill. And um, somebody once asked me, uh, "What? Um, why do you do it? What fuels you? This was the owner of this old house, Ventures. And uh, everybody was saying, what fuels you? What energizes you? I go, i like to show off to my wife. He just started laughing. He goes, that's a really good answer. <laughs> you know? Um, because when she walks out in the shop and she goes, wow. That jazzes me. Or she's showing people around the house and she goes, oh, yeah, he built that. Wow, that you know that jazzes me. She's into it. She knows, but but we've been doing it together forever for thirty years. You know, so it does matter yeah. to me that she believes in me and believes in my woodworking path, my my craftsman's path, and, and vice versa. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal quilter. And I believe in her you know and you know she's taking a, some time off from it she'll get back into it you know summer times she doesn't like to go up into her quilting studio she chills out and but winter pops around and she's back up there and now that Max is born boy she's she'll be quilting a storm
2: up quilt sure. away Marianne quilt away all right, yep. so it's back to me, isn't it?
0: Mm.
2: All right, so I'm going to do one. I'm going to paraphrase some of it because it's a really long one, but it's from Evan Vonder, Vonderheide. What he's basically asking is do we think it's worth it to uh, chase down down logs with a mobile mill uh, or linking up with you know, tree removal companies, that kind of stuff, to basically create your own lumber with a mobile mill. Um, very interested in hearing what we think. Um, I understand you were beyond resorting to getting boards, however you can, but go back to when you were more of a hobbyist becoming more (laughs) before becoming social media royalty. I thought Jason would like that distinction. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Evan. (laughs) Um, it's the air is thin up here on my, on my high, uh, (laughs) my high throne, or would you just suck it up and buy boards at the high cost? I've been having issues with the more professionally milled traditional lumber sheets, of veneered overboards because of their price not come down very much ever since COVID I see the dollar signs on my property like you do with down oak trees for firewood am I being super stingy or do others think that way too thanks guys you have an amazing show side question can you post the monthly giveaway winners on your site I think it might be helpful for some of us uh, who gets these amazing prizes Uh, sure maybe Ben won't mind doing that um it's actually not a bad idea okay so here's what i would tell you no 100 percent, absolutely not no 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 it is not going to be any cheaper or better for you unless you already have a mobile mill to go around and mill logs plus the other thing is unless you know somebody who has a kiln that you can either do it for free or pay money to get stuff killed and dried having a mobile mill does nothing for you unless you plan on using that wood in a year or two um here's what i will say the lumber prices are not going to stay this high forever they've gone up they've come down they've gone back up they're really high right now they're going to come back down if you're doing it as a hobby maybe save your money to And I'm not saying this to try to be like rash or an asshole, but save your money and wait till you have enough money to purchase the materials that you want for that project or use a cheaper material. Um, The other thing I would encourage everybody to do is to shop around. Because just because something is $98 for a sheet of plywood at one place doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, um, say $75. That doesn't mean it's going to be the same quality plywood it also doesn't mean it's going to be the same quality kiln-dried walnut from one place at seven dollars a board foot versus thirteen at another. Um, look around, shop around. I, I do not think it's worth it to go through all of that trouble unless you already have the equipment and you're willing to wait. Um, you're not really going to save any money. Like if you were, like, hey, lumber prices are really high right now, so instead I'm going to buy everything that I need to make my own mobile mill and go around and cut down these logs that I can use in a year or two you're not saving any money because in a year or two the prices might be you know back down lower make no mistake about it lumber prices will probably never be back down to the levels they were pre-covid and that's just that's just you know history telling you that Like, if people have been willing to pay this much for for lumber, why would a company ever go back to the lowest price possible when they know that they're going to get it? So it might come back down drastically, but it probably will never come back down to what it was. A good example of that is you're probably never going to buy $2 2x4s at Home Depot again. Um, You might get back down to buying $3 or $4 uh, 2x4s. You're probably never going to get back down to buying uh, $2 2x4s, right? Because people are paying the increased cost. That's my opinion. I don't know if that's true.
1: No, I I disagree with that. Really? Do you? Yes. The the market's always going to decide. And and, um, people, competitive pricing, especially in the capitalist market, is going to...
2: It will, but I...
1: If, if, If inflation does calm down... Now I, I can't say that it's going to be two dollars because what made it two dollars before? But that's what I'm saying. But um, but you look at gas prices, right? Uh-huh. Or competitive gas prices. One place sells it for two bucks a gallon. The place across the street sells it for a dollar
2: ninety nine. Um, no, I prices? I totally agree with you. And I was going to use yeah. the gas uh, price as an analogy as well. When I was in high school, you know what I was paying per gallon for gas? Eighty nine cents. Will it ever get down to 89 cents again? The answer is no. 100% certainty you will never see gas at 89 cents a gallon again. No. I I haven't seen mm, it since I was in high school. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Like, I I 100% fully agree with you that it will never stay at what it's at right now.
1: Well, no, no. So there's, I mean. It'll just never come back down to what it was pre-COVID. well, not to get into too much of economics, but you know, there's there's inflation's normal. What we're in now is like massive inflation. Yeah, but thanks, I don't Biden. Want to get into it. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say it, from what from his question, it it seems like you know he says, "I see dollar signs on my property."
2: Um, He's also thinking I mean, about it in writing, terms of selling it.
1: Yeah, like. um there's, there's a I would say that it is possible there's a huge upfront cost associated with that um, you, you could definitely undersell a lot of people but the biggest thing between I mean I don't know what size your property is but you compared to a, another business uh, your resources are not renewable
2: right
1: they are they right. have mm-hmm. renewable like they can always pick a different country to get it from it's a great point so you you might you might do okay for now, but it's not sustainable to do that. Um, you know unless you're continually buying up new properties with a whole bunch of trees on it, it's not going to be good in the long run. The only caveat I have to that is if you do have a substantial amount of land and you're building something that is uh, like meaningful. so my family they um, they have about 1500 acres in Louisiana that they own uh, for a hunting property. And when all the uncles built uh, this hunting lodge 20 years ago, they built it with the lumber from the property. They had someone come out there with an Alaska sawmill. They cut everything up. They kilned it. Um, and then they started building the lodge about two years later. So, you know, that that's a really cool story. Like, you know, that my, uh, my surrogate dad can pretty much say, um, I built this with my brothers with our own hands. We built everything here from you know trees that we got on this property like that's a really cool story right um and so unless it's like really meaningful for you and and you're about to go headstrong into being a lumber supplier and you have again a, a renewable sources of, of of lumber probably not a good idea unless you just really like milling your own lumber you know then you can't really put a price on it because it's something that you enjoy doing um i think it was uh uh Matt um god what's his last
2: name
1: Cremona Cremona uh he's like <laughs> he said getting in the lumber milling business is the worst thing i've ever done you know um mm-hmm. just because of how much upfront cost there is and how much it's very intensive
2: i think and it's a different you're able to... i think it's a different conversation cuz you're 100% right and there was a recent episode of either the lumber industry update or wood talk where they talked about this exact topic of sustainability like you just talked about. If you don't have enough enough lumber at your disposal to sustain the people that are buying it from you, they're going to move on and it's not worth it. If you have that sustainability, then yes, it could be a very good idea. Um, so that's a super valid point, like an excellent point. If you have the the lumber to do it, but understand that the people that are buying it from you are going to expect to come back all the time, just like if you're getting it from a, I'll use an example, if you're getting it from a company that downs trees, and they down the trees, and they don't want to keep them on hand, they want to drop them off, but you only have so much storage space to store 100 trees, when they basically need to get rid of 300, they might start finding somebody else that has the ability to store 300 trees versus the guy that has enough to store 100. So it was actually a really good conversation. And and you you bringing that up made me uh, remember that. But Selling it, cutting it down and selling it, as opposed to the initial part of the question, which was buying it, I think are two totally different topics that we could talk about. Um, but Ben mm-hmm. is 100% right. You know, if it may be a big startup cost, but if you're selling it and you haven't, an, uh, uh, you know, a large amount of wood and you're seeing dollar signs, you definitely could make your money back 100%. He's right.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And honestly, the, the only way that you're going to, well, Unless you're 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 unless you're being a middleman, and in, in that case you can plan on getting cut out at some point. Um, unless you're able to kill it yourself, you're looking at something that you can't even really start profiting from for another two years. Yeah. You know. Depending point. on the size of your kiln. you know.
2: Because you gotta let it so. sit.
1: Yep. And you have to have somewhere to store it once you're done killing it. You know. So.
0: Um, Sedge. <laughs> suck it up and buy it that's what i'm gonna say it's it's really quick i've seen this ebb and flow over the years supply and demand inflation uh recession over quite a few years um what always happens is i'll just use this as a quick one um a board of maple maybe 49 bucks (laughs) inflation hits it goes up to 70. Comes back down only to sixty. <laughs> all right, it's it's just it never comes back to the same price it was before inflation ever.
1: Sedge, do you think Noah would have had to pay more for the Gophers. before or after the flood? <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, what, what did you cent. guys
1: pay a board foot when y'all built the ark? Do you remember?
2: This is this is actually another conversation. If, if you're a hobbyist and you're building things for your house and nothing more, mm-hmm. I can understand where the, where the problem is. If you're doing client work, yep. you who build gives a it shit what the material your, costs?
1: Well, yeah. The customer is going to pay for it. <coughs> yes. yes. You just charge client, the client clients. that
2: much plus whatever yeah. overage. It makes no difference. Like you can but, explain to them like, Hey, lumber costs are hot. Lumber costs are higher. If you're doing yeah, it for totally yourself, understand. I totally and understand.
0: Ben, even you said about your basement, you're going to wait. Uh, because of building costs and material, you know, material
1: mm-hmm. costs. Uh, yeah, it's like, do I do I pay thirty thousand yep. now or do I pay fifteen thousand? But you have, you, but you you have that luxury to do know. that to wait. Hopefully,
0: yeah. It's just like yeah, I. Yeah, I just, I'm not trying to sell it. Or I, I got the, I, these. I have t- uh, they were decent? I just broke down five sheets of maple plywood. Uh, Marianne works at Lowe's. I get ten percent. They were ninety-six bucks. I got around eighty-eight bucks. I think a sheet, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, Frank Miller, I'm buying. Yeah, well, here's 60, what here's what's cool. Uh, I buy pre-finished maple, um, two-sided from Frank Miller for Festool. Uh, pre-pandemic, it was 73 bucks a sheet, which wasn't bad. Huh. Bought 16 sheets in 2021. You ready? 77. That's all. Yeah, so I was pretty impressed with that. They really? they weren't one of those people that were uh, overpricing. Uh, you just had to wait. That's all. Gouging. Mm-hmm. So it that it, it's not that the deals are out there. It's there's 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 jerks who are price gouging. I'm sorry, I'll call them out. You know.
2: How dare you? I just yeah, I, hate I hate that. I hate I hate that when people just price take scalger. advantage of
0: us stuff and it's it's whack. I. I it's whacked. It's whack. But suck it up. I just—that's no, the price of whack. materials. And I—I I don't want to go through all that uh, buying a mill or buying this and buying a kiln and doing all of that. I'm—I'm I'm done with that. You know, I'd rather just—you know—suck it up and buy what it's cost. And if I don't—if I have that luxury, then I won't build it. You know, I can wait and see. But I don't like to wait anymore. I like to get stuff done. Alrighty, then. Who's up?
2: Sedge, you're me? up. Yep. Oh, you're up, buddy. Okay. You.
0: Let me go look. Oh, what did I have? Oh, here's a one. And it's from Nick Hall. Again, man, Nick, I'm picking the questions. I like your questions. Okay. What's up, boys? Hope all is well, and I love the pod. My question is this. Who or what is your gold standard or north star in woodworking? He has an example. If you could ever build cabinets as good as Mike Farrington, I will die a happy man. His level work is a huge inspiration to me, and it keeps me motivated. It gets to get better every build. What is it for you guys? Well, that's easy. Um me I'll, I'll start with it um, I get motivated by people that I've met in my life that uh, I don't think they even know they were kind of it, it's are they are, are they mentors or the, I'm trying to think through this as I'm answering it. I guess there are people that I watch as they present or teach or act with people and the first one i'm going to name uh i think everybody knows him his name is norm abram and he's a phenomenal carpenter phenomenal woodworker of course we all know him but what i like is he's a phenomenal gentleman and he takes the time to if he gets recognized in public someone will say oh you're so oh you're norm abram blah 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 and he'll just go Hey, what do you do for a living? And he'll ask them a question because he shows interest in them. And he's just such an even keel guy. And, I mean, I've seen people kind of like we're out at lunch. uh, And I was with a group, and they keep looking back. And (laughs) someone says, are you Noam Abram? He goes, yeah. He goes, what do you do for a living? And it was just really nice the way... He treats people, you know, as just normal. And that's I, I've always taken that away and said, you know what, that guy's the real deal. And the other one is, I'll say it again, he's probably one of the best teachers I ever met. But I like the way he start. You're very welcome, Jason. Thank you. I, um, his name I was, is I Mark Adams. I was waiting he for it. To run, he's been running a school for 30 years. But he also... Um, I just, he opens up the day and talks to people and tells, I I like the way he runs his shop. You know, how he runs his business, how he runs the day. He's a hundred miles an hour. Everybody knows that. But I, uh, I, he inspires me every time I chat with him. Every time I see him present. I just an amazing person. So those two people have meant a lot to me um, in the last 20, 30 years that I've gotten to know them. Um, As far as a craftsman, I got to hang out for a day with Sam Maloof, who, before he passed away, uh, a year or two before he passed away, and just understanding what a nice person he is. Yeah, we all know him as a craftsman, but... The takeaway is gentlemen. People, these guys, all three of them, take the time to understand that person who's asking them questions. They make you feel good. They, they make others feel welcome. They're all, all three of them are phenomenal craftsmen. So those, I guess, are my North Stars. I hope that answered your question, Nick. Um, how about you, uh, Ben?
1: Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes, as well as pitching some great product ideas for Hans to in the mid-roll ad. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. I wouldn't say that that I I aspire to be... uh, as good as other people, um, I think I just try to
2: whatever it is that I'm
1: doing. I just try to do it the best that I can with with what I know and have in that in that moment. I think it's very easy to to um, to kind of maybe get down on yourself or or kind of over critique yourself. Um, but you know, I, I just try to keep in um, in mind where I'm at. Mm-hmm. currently in that i could always get better um I, I think i have a challenge of recognizing my own good work um and, and not that i think it's probably bad because I you don't, don't see it very often oh. <laughs> i just don't recognize that it's that it's good and, and i think that i c- could probably do that a little bit more kind of give myself a little bit more credit but um and I, I think any of us can kind of, kind of attest, you you put out a video or, or you, you do some kind of work and you think that it's kind of mediocre and then a lot of people come back and say that it's really great. And it's like, I wish I could yep. see what they see, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. You know? Because um, I think the same thing could be done for anything that you make with your hands. You know, you may see it as something really simple or, you know, maybe something that's not that great, but... I guess it's you like know, a beauty is an idol. You just said something, kind of and it but, made um, me
0: think about the three people I just mentioned. All three of them were, they all wanted to pass on what their knowledge is. And I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not necessarily about accolades. Yeah. It's about um, generational. <laughs> oh, hang on. Yeah. Ben, that was my gem. That was worth me showing up for the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> Good.
1: What, what about you, Jason?
2: Um, I don't know if I necessarily have like individual people. Um, there's people out there that I look up Thank to you. and I think are very talented My like coffee. Cliff. My coffee. No, when it comes to like furniture making, it would be Cliff from Handbuilt or uh, Green Street Joinery. Uh, out of New Jersey on Instagram those are a couple of accounts that I, I look at the stuff that they do and I'm like wow um Kenda Cost is another really really good example of that especially when it comes to cabinetry um but for me what with what I do I don't necessarily have you know each one of them is more tailored to a specific type of thing that they do um but I respect what they do, and I think those are the great craftsmen. I don't consider myself to be a good woodwork, a good woodworker. Go ahead, Ben. Neither do we. Yeah, there we go. Neither do we. See, I didn't even have to wait for it. I could just say, "Go ahead, Ben," and you were already in the midst of saying it.
1: I had it. I had it in the queue. It was already ready to go. Um,
2: when I look at some of these other guys that have smaller accounts, we've talked about this before, I'm like, I just don't understand why I've been fortunate enough to have the situation that I've had when I look at these guys that are you know, light years ahead of me and are so much better than me, which is why I want to challenge myself going into retirement um, on projects that I do because I want to prove to myself that I can actually do certain things and continue to learn. If we were talking about from a business perspective, there are two people, three people, excuse me, that I look up to uh, actually four um, pretty heavily and that I really want to pick their brains on. And that's J- uh, Jonathan Katz-Moses. Um, it's Mike Coffee. It is Jay Bates and it's Mark Spagnolo. Um, and Jay and Mark, it's kind of a no brainer why I choose them because they've been in this game longer than anybody and their, their business is heavily focused on what I like to do, which is the social media side of things. Um, Jonathan is more of the social media, but more so the, the, you know, the supply and demand kind of stuff and, you know, building a business, uh, into multiple aspects of revenue, which, which he has just mastered. Um, and with Mike, I gotta be honest with you, <laughs> there, there are not many other people in this world that I know, uh, like Mike coffee that he's on another level. He is on another level. His aspirations are unlike anybody I've ever met. Um, his his ability to handle large... <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Uh, workloads. I was going to say another word. It's like he thrives in those scenarios. <laughs> my coffee oh my handles big loads really well. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but he is... I mean, he's a very good friend of mine, a very good friend. And I'm not just saying this because he's my friend, but that dude, I don't understand how he operates on a daily basis. Um, and it never seems to bother him. You know what I mean? That is somebody that I can get behind, and that is somebody that I want to pick their brain. Um, even though I have absolutely zero desire to do a business like he does. You know, he is all about, you know, custom work. And, but his mindset is unlike anybody I've ever met in my entire life and what he does and what he knows and what he wants to do can, can translate to so many other things. And I respect him on very, very high levels uh, on what it is that he's doing. So, um, from a business perspective, I honestly, I, I, if, if I was being honest, I would say that my coffee is probably at the top of my list. Um, even though he's probably the most far off from what it is that I want to do because a lot of those things are transferred over in, into my business. So that would be my answer.
0: Excellent. Ben, you're up.
2: Whose turn? Ben, you're up.
1: Alrighty. Let's see. Um, what is your preferred method for a perfect miter joint? If you're working with um, raw materials, uh, you want to make sure that it is 100% completely flat. If you don't have, if there's like the slightest cup or the slightest bow in your material, and you're trying to cut a miter, the miter's never going to line up, never. So, you know, get a um, a good square out, and especially where you're going to have the joint before you cut it, make sure that it's completely flat. I've had success on a miter saw. However, most of my good miter cuts come from the track saw. And just making sure that, that the saw is completely supported by the material underneath, that it's not going to dip when uh, the pre-cut or the, the follow-through cut. You want to make sure that it's you have sacrificial materials on both sides. Uh, so that way you're also reducing tear-out and chip-out but you're also supporting the blade so that way it stays perfectly perpendicular to the material that you're trying to cut um jason you've had good success with uh router bit right chamfer bit Uh,
2: router tables my answer that's from uh jevin right jevin cheney cheney concepts uh yeah yeah router router table and router bit that's my answer the, the best results and I've ever had in my entire life. Perfect. If every time. you're
1: doing 18 mil and below, or depending on the size of the router bit, right? Depending
2: on the size of the router bit. Yeah, you can do up to, yeah. it Just it's all based on the, your router bit size. You might have to take more passes to get there to be safe. But yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Router table and router bit, the best results I've ever had with any mitered corners. Perfect every single time. I have a video about it on my YouTube channel. Everybody, Ben's Woodworking and more? <laughs> Check it out.
0: <laughs> Capex. Or any miter saw that you use the hold down, because that's how you control it. Don't use your hand to hold it down, because it's a push cut. Mm. I've had doors that people say, how did you get these perfect miters? And they go, do you have a shooting board? Do you have, nope, capex, with the hold down. And that's how you get it, because it's a push cut. I'll have to go watch that video on a a perfect miter, because I don't understand how you do it on a... uh, on a router
1: table for the nightstand video right jason
2: it depends on the material you're doing right so sedge if you're doing like a picture frame or Mm -hmm. a door frame or something like that where the material is it's a oh you're talking about it's a long miter then yeah you can't really do it
0: oh you're talking about a bevel bevel with a lock miter yeah Yeah, like if i was doing
2: a box with three quarter inch material or one inch material i would use my router table and a router bit and i would have a perfect box if I was oh, no. doing a picture oh, okay. frame, okay, that's, I what I, that's do
0: that. a miter. You're talking about a bevel. That's a completely different thing. Yeah, I could see that on the router table. It's not a well, miter. I mean, joint he said perfect miter
1: joint, that's but, but... Hmm. I, I think that's what he's implying, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the, like yeah, tomato tomato. It's like you know, it's a bevel. It's, just the, it's, it's, it's a, a long miter It's a bevel. Is now a you're thing. what you're just talking about. well, okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, long miter, sure
1: but the the term is used in the in the sphere as a mitre cut. If you're doing like a, a waterfall box or waterfall edge, people are calling yeah, that a mitre. Now, yeah. Now,
0: that's and something that we can right. what you were talking about, Ben, about having it milled perfect because that's what we ha- that's what happens everybody water, wants the waterfall when we're at um Rubio on those slabs, but those the the, the slabs that we get there are not milled perfectly. So, uh, Amanda came out, uh, Amanda Russell came up with a really cool thing. She, she put a, uh, a board on the uh, track to keep it dead flat across that to do the bevel, and it worked out really well to waterfall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, I know what you're talking about, Jason. Uh, you were talking about miter, where people say well, it's actually a bevel, but I hear it all the time when people say, oh, I dadoed the back. Uh, and it's actually a groove, because a dado goes cross grain and a groove goes long grain. Right? And people yeah. just direction. don't know. And you know, yeah, and and yeah. I hate correcting people, yeah. but but I do it.
2: I think people are more asking for like a box, uh, a mitered edge, because so, yeah, that's not, what you hear. You hear a mitered edge yeah. when in, in no, reality, totally. It's a edge. I was just
0: I was trying to wrap my head around what you were saying with a yeah. router table, and I'm like. Oh, okay, got it. Because I I would never cut a miter on a table. Yeah, no, for a sure. miter
2: I'm going to use my capex
0: for sure. And the yeah. the only way to join a bevel like that for a mitered box is perfect every single time with a domino.
2: Or a lamello, I hear, Holy but I've never sh- used mine, so used I wouldn't know. Come on! No, I haven't used it. My I'm going to I'm gonna borrow okay, look, it. I'm going to it. I want to Here's the deal. I'm going to uh, IWF next week. And I'm going to get a one-on-one t- uh, training class with Keith Johnson. I'm going to make some uh, cuts with it prior to going there just so I could act like I know a little bit of what he's talking about when I'm there.
0: Who's Keith Johnson?
2: Ben, are we doing the third question?
0: Um, I don't think we have time for it.
2: No. Fine.
0: We Fine. Wait, we have some cool questions, huh? Man, both of we mine did. were from Nick we Hall. Got for that was cool. For the next Thanks, time. Nick.
2: Hey, Ben, can we all answer just one more question? Because I'm actually interested in hearing who your guys' answer is. Just one more, Ben. What? what one more is that okay yeah okay go here's the go questions it. it's from ed mancini all right everybody thanks so much for time <laughs> <laughs> whose shop have you always wanted to visit and why i'll give you my answer while you guys are thinking um spagnolo actually I would like to go to Spagnolo's shop, especially now that he's setting up a new shop. I would like to go to Mark's shop. Um, I feel like because there's probably some similarities between his and mine. I'd like to kind of see how he works since he's kind of the godfather of all this online social media stuff. Um, That would be my answer. Uh, I'd like to see how he takes filming into consideration. Um, And I'd like to get an idea of how it is that he works cool i, I, I i'm kind of blessed that.
0: because i have visited a lot of really cool shops over the years and i continue to do it uh, i'm in canada at a, a school coming up pretty soon they got a hell of a program in downtown toronto uh doing a uh, festival shop talk from there um and i'm also going to be in uh but I've been there before. Rustic Designs by Rich. Really cool in Hamilton, Ontario. Okay, so there's somebody that I am going to go visit. And I'm going to hang out with her in her shop. She's in, she's invited me a hundred times. And Jason I, I watch her shop all the time on Instagram. <laughs> I want to go visit Alma. <laughs> Pink Soul Studios. Oh, yeah. Because she is Pink soul. one of the most wonderful human having beings fun. on this planet. For sure.
1: I, I I do want to answer it, but it's not It's not Who is uh, it? a woodworking person's shop. It's a motorcycle shop. Go ahead. Uh, there's this guy named Anderson... Go ahead. <laughs> His name's Adam Sandoval. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel, but uh, a few years ago, he made a name for himself by um, he rode to every oh. single Harley Davidson dealer in the entire country for, wow. Two years, I think, three years it took him to do it, um, and it was to raise money for veterans. Good dude, um, good, good man. Uh, um, and so he did it. He had a little dog named Scooter, and um, that's that's literally all he did. I know he did it for two years straight. So like riding through the winter, riding through the summer, he just he went to every single Harley Davidson dealer, and and at every yeah. one he, he got a shirt because every dealer has their own T-shirt. And so in his uh, shop, I think it's in South Carolina, maybe North Carolina, but um, he's got this huge shop and along the top of it, it's it's like really high elevated ceilings. How many? He has all of the shirts. How many Harley dealers are there? That are going around. Jesus. Uh, that's I want to awesome. say it's like seven or eight hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's... So I mean, I just, I found that to be incredibly cool and um he still he still has youtube content he doesn't do um he doesn't do uh like rights for campaign raises Hmm. or anything like that
0: that's a good answer cool wow
1: 698
0: and the google nice yeah and he he
1: the google yeah it is nice but um but it, but I thought that that was really cool. He's got a um, he has like a campground now, and it's got like a, um, a huts, I guess if you want to call it like bunkhouses almost. And um, it's like an RV park and a campsite and stuff like that. But he uh, he lets veterans stay there for free. So like if there's like a veteran that's homeless um, or like passing through, he, he lets them stay for free. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really cool.
2: Should link up with him mm-hmm good times yeah. all right that's all the questions hey
1: all right everybody thanks to everyone that submitted their questions comments concerns thoughts and ideas again if you want to have your question read on an upcoming episode episode 55 then head over to green go to the questions tab it's at the top submit your question, your idea, whatever it is, and if it's good enough, meaning if you just throw in like a a good diss towards Jason, that just guarantees that it's going to be right on the air. Yep. Um submit it there and and uh thanks to everyone that submitted their questions, comments and concerns to this episode. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody.
0: Uh, we'll see you
1: in the good next night. episode.
2: Yay. Bye-bye. 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 And bye-bye.
0: bye-bye.